don't try and be the best person in the room of all the chosen fields. Try and be the second best person in the room. Surround yourself with experts and empower each and every one of them to own it. Don't try and do it for them. Don't micromanage them. They're there because they're experts. So trust in them and they will trust in you. From Positive Momentum, this is Meet the CEO, a show that takes you behind the scenes of the working lives of people who've reached what some might call the pinnacle of the career ladder. I'm Matt Crabtree, the founder of Positive Momentum, and on today's show we meet Vicky McEwen, the CEO of Glenigan, the trusted provider of UK and Republic of Ireland construction project sales leads, market analysis, forecasting and company intelligence. Since 1973, Glenigan has been serving the needs of companies of all sizes and at every stage of the construction cycle. Today, 130 researchers and industry experts with a combined 650 years of experience make more than a million telephone calls a year and are scouring industry websites around the clock to provide their clients with the most accurate and timely information. Now, Vicky's a brilliant example of a homegrown CEO. She started out at Glenigan as an HR manager back in 2002 and was ultimately appointed to managing director in 2018 and then CEO in May 2021, shortly after Glenigan had been purchased by Swedish software and information group Big Factor. I started out as we always do on Meet the CEO by asking Vicky why she became a CEO. Oh, Matt, well, firstly, thank you for having us. Look, I'm not someone who had a massive game plan, I guess, to become a a CEO. Um, Early in my career, I think I learned to ask quite a lot of questions and be curious about things. Uh, And the more curious I became, uh, the more I could challenge the way that things were done. And I think I sort of started to learn quite early on that ultimately by challenging and looking at the way things were done, you could really affect some change and you could really improve and actually drive the performance of whatever it was that you were working on at that time. And I was often asked, I guess, to go and troubleshoot various areas of the business, different departments, departments of different businesses that, you know, within the sort of essential network that I worked within. And, you know, I really, really enjoyed that going in there, getting in, get my teeth into it and being able to just see where the problems were and being able to extract that and then you know, get a real common purpose together with a team and and being able to, you know, look at how we could change that. And and knowing that people actually were the biggest driver for change and you had to bring them on a journey with you. And I guess the more I did that, the more I enjoyed it. And therefore, the more gigs I got like that, the higher profile the projects became, the more pressure the projects became. And I seem to thrive with the higher pressure environments, I guess, and, and just really, really enjoy that. And I realized that I had boundless energy to be able to do those things. Um, and so I just carried on doing those things, always sort of working harder and faster and, and delivering more than, I guess, some of those around me. And then one day I got the phone call and asked if I wanted to do this job. And, and I thought, you know what? Yes, I really would. What I really love about all that, and by the way, you are famous for your boundless energy. I can definitely <laughs> attest to that. But what I really particularly love about all that is that you start with curiosity. Yeah. So there's the whole challenge and change piece and the desire to you know, drive an organization forward and choose the right people. But your start point, your entry point is deep-seated curiosity about what's going on. 
you can never ask too many questions in my mind <laughs> <laughs> which i'm sure is probably annoying for the people around us sometimes but <laughs> I suspect that that's true. In fact, I'm certain that that's true. But actually, that's how you get to be able to make change that actually delivers results. It's the thing that we know in leaders is the difference often between success and dismal failure is their ability to be able to be genuinely curious about what's going around them and really listen and understand. Um, so love that. Love that as a start point. V Vicky, we always ask CEOs about kind of how they structure their time. <laughs> Because I think it's really interesting for people to know, you know, CEOs get met by stakeholders, you know, in different occasions. I'm sure you've got a big day ahead of you with lots of different set pieces in it. Is there any part of your day that you protect? Is there a way of working that you have that's really important to you to defend? And, and, and if there is, would you be kind enough to share it with us? Yeah, sure. Look, um, I think you're absolutely right. You know, the the, the time pools on a CEO are, are huge. And so you have to carve out that time to help you focus and, and really understand what you need to deliver that day. And I think that's personally and professionally. You know, I've got two teenage children and a husband as well that, you know, all, all need my input into life as well. So I think there's really, when I thought about this, there's three parts of my life that I protect professionally and personally. The first one is my mornings. I am naturally an early riser. I am definitely part of the 5am club. I wake up every day at five o'clock without an alarm. And when I wake up, I, I am up and ready for my day. You know, the energy's there when I wake up. So I tend to go downstairs. I make myself a coffee. And that's my thinking time, really. Um, and I sit there and I think about yesterday. So I reflect on what happened yesterday. And I think about what could have gone better, what went really well. Well, what came out of there? What do I need to address? I always think about tomorrow. So what do I need to deliver tomorrow? What needs to happen to make tomorrow happen? And then I really focus on planning for today. So I can see the gaps in my diary for the day. I can see my day ahead. I also have my endless to-do list of things that I need to deliver and achieve in that day. And so I plan it meticulously to make sure that I have that complete focus for the day ahead, that I deliver what I need to deliver. I'm not blocking anyone in their days or holding back projects in the business. And, and so prioritization is a huge part of my professional day to make sure that, you know, I'm on point and I'm doing what I need to do, do that day. So by the time the rest of the world wakes up at eight o'clock and comes to work, I'm online, I've got my full focus for the day and I know what the team and myself need to do that day so that's sort of one area that I'm very protective of and that doesn't matter whether I'm traveling or at home you know the five o'clock in the morning thinking time is really really important the second part of my day that I always protect is my evening meal with my family so as much as I possibly can I will be there for our evening meal and I think it's a really really important part of the day where we just talk about our days and you know we, we get to sort of spend time together as a family and lots of things come out over the kitchen table and I think it's a really really important so I call that my kitchen table time and and I really really treasure that with with my kids and my husband I try not to work Sundays so Sunday is fun day so if I've got stuff to do over the weekend I'll do it on a Friday night or a Saturday morning or I'd rather get up early on a Monday morning but Sundays is a really important day just for downtime you know and and for us spending some time together 
And I think the final bit that I always protect is my holidays. There's a great saying that you can't pour from an empty cup. And I really, really believe that. You've got to give yourself time to recharge your batteries, to switch off your brain, to not go at 110 miles an hour all the time. And and I think they're really important. Really good. And a couple of really distinctive things there, actually. The morning thing is a common, you know, you've listened to other Meet the CEO podcasts and you've heard lots and lots of it, not exclusively, but most CEOs are morning people. I'm not sure, I'm not sure how many wake up at five o'clock and are immediately <laughs> full energy, but that, that might be slightly unusual in itself. But your planning bit, I think, is really interesting how you think about yesterday, you make tomorrow happen, you think about tomorrow, and then the third sort of part of the routine is then focus on today and that, that's really interesting because I suspect a lot of people and I, I think I might be one of them I'm also a morning person but I'm tending to think about today I, I now am questioning myself as to whether there's enough reflection about yesterday and a bit of time on tomorrow um it, it's a really really interesting thing. I read a, I read a book in uh, recently by a guy called Peter Hinston that's called The Day After Tomorrow okay and that is you might know it's based on this on the exact idea that you've just shared so I really really love that what I also think is distinctive is the Sunday thing the Sunday is fun day so many of us and I again include myself Sunday evening you start to turn back on again and what you're doing is isolating that into probably ideally Friday, Saturday if needs must, but otherwise Sunday's sacrosanct. As a child, my father used to spend Sunday nights prepping for work. And I always used to think it was a bit of a shame because Sunday nights was the sort of cuddle down as a kid and watch some telly and clean your school shoes and do all those things to prepare for tomorrow sort of thing. And so, um, yeah, I, I always try to get up early on a Saturday morning so I can keep one hot Good day a week that's just for us. I love it. And for our British listeners, you get to watch Antics Roadshow. Yeah, and love so, it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I think the other, the really important thing that, and it wasn't, it's not something I've always done about reflecting on yesterday, actually. That's something that I've picked up along the way from some of the brilliant people that I've worked for. But actually, I think as you get longer into your career, you become more humble and you start thinking about how you impact people's day. And I think it's really important that you challenge yourself on whether you could have done that better and how you might want to do that differently next time. So that reflecting on yesterday has become a really important part of my morning thinking, actually. But it hasn't always been there. Definitely in the, in sort of more recent years. It's really good. That's a real pro tip. Um, let's talk about challenging um, situations. Here we are in the middle of 2022, if uh, anybody can believe that. We still have a pandemic um, in the world. We have the war tragically raging um, in Ukraine. And we have some interesting economic headwinds that are uh, seem to be looming fast on our um, horizon. What's been the most challenging situation since you've been a CEO that you've encountered? I mean, I'm sure I know for certain because we've been working together, COVID's been a big one. But but is it that or are there other things that have really influenced the way you operate as a CEO? What have you learned? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Look, you know, since since 
the day I sort of took over Glenigan, which is nearly five years ago now, I have certainly had some challenges that I could never have prepped for and never have planned for, right? I mean, Brexit was the first one, then a global pandemic shortly afterwards, and now look the dreadful situation that's going on in the Ukraine, and, it, and it's look, really heartbreaking to, to see what's going on over there. And look, each of those has been a challenge in equal measure, actually. Um, and you're right, it's absolutely thrown up economic conditions that... Uh, I certainly couldn't have learned from a book and I don't think any of us could have learned from a book or be trained for or ready for. I think my biggest learning from all of those massive things that have happened actually is the resilience of the people around you. And I, and I think I have been shocked and delighted about the resilience of people and the adaptability of people. I mean, especially in the pandemic, you know, they got an email from me on a Sunday night that says from now on, Glenigan is closed for the foreseeable. Everybody will be online tomorrow morning and we'll work this out, you know. Um, and each of those people in Glenigan really stepped up to the plate, really learned to work in a different way. I mean, like I'm extremely privileged to be surrounded by, by the team at Glenigan, actually. Um, and they have never failed to work to towards the common goal, you know, and even in the face of adversity, they have put their best foot forward. Yes, we had teething problems along the way. We didn't always get it right, but you know, the want to get it right was there and the want to continue Glenigan being a brilliant business was there. People just astound me every day, actually, and I am delighted to work with them and delighted that they are part of our team at Glenigan and have taught me lots of things about resilience as well. And so, yeah, people have definitely been the biggest thing that I've learned and reinforced again, you know, the business is nothing without the people in it. Yeah, it's a fact. And you are, I, I can also confirm, you are surrounded um, by a brilliant team. And you've curated that team over recent years and different ownership structures, and you've curated that team carefully, and they've really stepped up. Talking of people that you've learned from, uh, it's really great that you give them credit uh, for what you've learned from them. Who else has most influenced the way you operate, Vicky? Who have been the big influences on your, your leadership approach? Yeah, it's interesting when you think about this one, because, you know, you work with lots of fantastic people over the years and, and each of them has their own little influence on you, you know, at some point. But I guess um, when I, I couldn't pick out one, so I'll be honest, I had to pick out four people that had really sort of influenced my my career over the years. And actually, there was a real common theme that went through each of those people that I thought of, and that that was their generosity to actually invest their time in me. I learned a lot from that, and I try and give that back now, you know, and I try and invest my time in people as well because it, it's definitely something that made a difference difference to my career. Um, you know, they all took time to invest in me. They they saw talent in me that I couldn't always see. And they sort of, each of them provided this smorgasbord of brilliant leadership traits for me to pick and choose from, right? And so that really helps you when you're shaping your own leadership skills and, and your own approach to being a CEO. But the first person that sprung to mind, and, and I know you'll know this chap is uh, Mike Wolfrey, who's CEO of Vixio now. And um what Mike really taught me was the importance, actually, of internal networking 
and knowing and caring about your your people and what's going on in their lives and um, the power of sharing the human side, you know, and I really learned that from Mike. He was really, really good at that. He's still really, really good at that, you know, and just making sure that you do stop pipe people's desks to ask how, how's your mom, you know, have they recovered from their broken ankle and all of those things and investing that time is really, really important. So Mike really influenced me sort of there. Then I had the pleasure of working for Bernard Johnson for, for a number of years. And uh, for anybody that knows Bernard jo Johnson, who's the uh, chief revenue officer at WGSN, I mean, he's just one of the loveliest chaps to work for. But actually what he taught me is that you should always do everything with integrity. You should always do the right thing and treat people well and fairly. And um the other thing that he really taught me, which I, I say all the time at Glenning, and I'm sure I drive people mad with this saying, is do it once and do it right. You know, it's better to do it slower and properly than to rush through it and get it wrong. So do it once and get it right, you know, was, was definitely a Bernard Johnson lesson there. The third person, and um, this was the first female boss I ever had, actually, and wow, what a boss she was, uh, was Natasha Christie Miller. And I absolutely loved working for Natasha. And apart from inspiring me every day, I mean, she's probably one of the only people I've met with a sort of endless, boundless energy that, you know, she's a great sort of energy match for me. But, um, you know, she inspired me every day to, to want to be better at what I did. Um, and she also taught me to really take my place at the table, you know, to, to really own and be proud of, of what I'd achieved and, and what we'd built at Glenigan and, and um, you know, and, and to know sometimes to stop and know that I'd earned it and, and to reward yourself for that, actually, and to recognise what what you achieved in the business, what you achieved as a team. She was a great female influence for me. You know, the glass ceilings were gone once I worked for, for Natasha. And I realised that actually, you know, as a woman, I would say I'd swum against the tide, actually, to climb the corporate ladder. And it was the first time I realised that maybe the tide was changing. Um, and I think the fourth and final person, and you won't be surprised, Matt, that this person's on the list, is, is our friend Duncan Painter, CEO of Essential. And um, my gosh, he continues to astound me every day with his energy, his focus, um, his ability to... Um, unrelentingly drive a huge organization in the right direction actually um and to get the buy-in of the of the people and um i think he's an incredibly loyal leader he's generous beyond the call of duty with his time and his investment in people and his advice you know and he's an incredibly experienced uh human being in the business world and certainly someone that i have uh, had the pleasure to work with and and continue to use as a very trusted advisor as I, as i go through my career so they would be the four people that stand out for me. Wow, that is quite a roll call. That is quite a who's who. I mean, anybody who's been around EMAP, top right group, Essential PLC, will will know all four of those, you know, I'm going to call them legends, yeah. all of them. And I, I also, you know, whilst I never have never worked directly for them, I've had the privilege of working with them um, over the last more than a decade. And I, and I absolutely echo what you described about all four of them, uh, their influence, not only on people who work 
for them and alongside them but people you know external their generosity and support and wisdom is uh, is really beyond compare it's a very special stable yeah i feel very very privileged to have uh, worked with all of them at some point so yeah well i love that but i think you are often included in that list of legends as well um vicky and and so you should be obviously the thing that you know, CEOs naturally have front and centre in their agenda, you know, pretty much every minute of every day is, you know, have I got that perfect executive team to the extent that that could ever exist? What, what in your view, is the secret to having that that really effective top team? Yeah, so I think this one, there's, there's sort of three things, I guess, that surround yourself with experts. Don't try and be the best person in the room of all the chosen fields. Try and be the second best person in the room of everything, you know, of all their chosen fields. So surround yourself with experts uh, and empower each and every one of them to own it. Don't try and do it for them. Don't micromanage them. They're there because they're experts. So trust in them and they will trust in you. So I think that's really, really important. Um, I think sometimes you have to accept you don't get it right. Uh, and you maybe don't get someone that fits perfectly in a team. And I think you've got to be brave and make difficult choices at that point. And I think that you've got to do it quickly because I think having a, a sort of disconnect in the team can be very damaging and take a long time to recover from. So um, I think make brave decisions uh, and know it's the right decision for you as a team, as a business and as a leader. Uh, and I think the third thing, um, look, I feel completely privileged to work with the exec team I've got. You know, they are brilliant at what they do. Um, but most importantly, you know, we like to spend time with each other. We have fun together. And I think that that's a really important part of the business. Yes, professionally, we respect each other. Um, you know, we work very well together, but we can also go out on a Friday night and go dancing and partying and have a really great time and enjoy each other's company. And I think that that's really a really important part of it as well there ain't no party like a glenigan party that <laughs> is, um for sure <laughs> but it is a it's a somewhat recurring theme um and it's the old sort of you know work hard play hard yeah. mentality but i do agree with you it's especially true at an executive level because sometimes you have to have somewhat frictious conversations with each other right in order to grow the business sometimes you have to challenge each other a bit and disagree and like any, you know, friend, you've got to invest in that relationship. And um, I think sometimes people look at me slightly quizzically when I, when I suggest, you know, it's a friendship between executive members. But I do think it's a professional friendship. It's almost like a sibling relationship, you know, yeah. where you're you know, going to argue like hell with your siblings, but you would defend them until the ends of the earth against anybody that was incoming at them. And a lot of that is about having fun and shared experience together. So Yeah, and look, you know, we all spend an awful lot of our time at work, an awful lot of our time at work. And so you have to support each other, sometimes through personal things as well as professional things. And so trust and, and that sort of level of friendship, um, as well as that professional respect and focus on delivering our common purpose is really important to me and certainly something I like to have within the teams that that I have absolutely right those personal experiences that we go through in our lives having support from our colleagues as you well know is so is so core cool, so core cool. um biggest 
challenge on your horizon, biggest change that's coming up on your horizon? We talked a little while ago about all of these events that are swirling around us, most of which, many of which we don't seem to have much control over. But what's the biggest thing in your windscreen that's coming up at you in terms of a change? Yeah, so look, I think we're going through a real period of growth at Glenigan now. And I think we, um, you know, we, we, we're really turning up the dial to grow the business. And, uh, and I think that's great. But I think one of the biggest challenges with that is that you grow the people with the business. And I think that's really important. So making sure that we grow our people in the organisation, that we invest in them in the right way, and that we develop and nurture them to grow with the business. We've got loads of fantastic people, and I'd love to see lots of them come through the business and take more senior roles. But I think you have to consciously make that choice uh, to do that. And, and so I really think that we've got to get that right. We've got to look after our talent. We've got to mentor our people, because as much as it's important the business grows, the business will only grow better with the people growing within it. So um, I think that's a, that's a challenge for us at the moment, just getting that right, making sure we get that right. And, you know, growing again, probably swimming against the tide because of the economic conditions. But, you know, we've done it before. We'll do it again. We've got the energy for it. And I'm sure we'll smash it out of the park. But we just, you know, need to make sure we're taking the right people on the journey with us. Yeah, absolutely true. I mean, that uh, that war for talent, that great resignation that maybe is slightly passing now, um, hopefully, but it doesn't change the fact that um, people, are, good people are going to want to stay in organisations who invest, support, mentor, provide them with the best possible leadership. I and mean, we're very privileged to work alongside you in that endeavour. And I, I probably don't thank you often enough for your, uh, your custom in that regard. Finally, um, three big Bits of advice, somebody who might aspire to become a CEO. I think a community of our listeners sort of have it maybe in mind that maybe one day this role is for them. Uh, let's complete our discussion with you, your three top tips for somebody who might one day want to become a CEO. Yeah, I was thinking about this. What, what were the three bits of advice I would have liked, you know, back in the, back in the day? But actually, look, I came up with these three. Be brave, but be humble. You know, put yourself out there. You've got to put yourself in positions outside of your comfort zone to challenge yourself, to help yourself grow, to put your head up there above everybody else. You know, you need to, you're going to have to work hard. So go into it with your eyes wide open. You will work hard, but it will be worth it. But be brave, but be humble would be my first one. Um, Get yourself a fabulous mentor, is what I would say. Uh, it's really, really important that you've got someone who not only is invested in you and your future, but someone who's going to tell you the truth and make you look in the mirror sometimes and really make you think about your decisions and how you behave and how you're acting and what you could improve. So find someone who you can make, who makes you look in the mirror. You know, I think it's a really important part of being a leader. And um, the third and final bit would be choose your boss and your business wisely. Um, you've got to believe in the business that you run, but you've also got to believe in the people that you run it for. And so you've really got to make that choice wisely. Do something you're passionate about. Don't fall into a job just because someone offers you a fancy job title. It's not, you're not going to love it. You're not, it's not going to work out. So really choose your roles, choose your roles wisely would be my final one. Really, really great bits of advice, but especially that last one. Um, you know, it, you won't wake up at 
5 a.m. in the morning full of energy and vim and vigor if you've made the wrong choice, if you've just, as you say, just chosen because of the title or because of the reward or because of the brand or whatever it might have been. And I know lots of people, you know, who look back and think that at that point, I probably shouldn't have gone in that direction. I could have gone in this direction and take that, take that opportunity. But I do think that balances with the bravery piece. Yeah. You know, just the confidence to back yourself, to believe in yourself, irrespective of what your background is. You know, you mentioned it with um, some leaders that you've had, you know, people who saw something in you that maybe you'd not yet seen in yourself. I know I, I had that experience in my leadership career. I had bosses who saw something in me that I definitely wasn't seeing. And it made me break through in the way that you've uh, broken through. But now that you also help others um, to break through, Vicky, it's been so great talking to you, um, you know, from learning you know, how to make sure that we reflect on yesterday and plan for tomorrow to having, you know, Sundays as fun days and building fun and affinity um, with leadership teams. You've really given us a masterclass in the last 25 minutes or so. A thousand thanks um, for that on behalf of everybody. Very best wishes to the Glenigan team in the months and years ahead. And we'll uh, catch up very soon, I'm sure. Oh, thanks, Matt. Always a pleasure to spend time with you. So- Thanks very much. Anyone who knows me well will know that I have something verging on an obsession with curiosity and endeavouring to encourage it in anyone foolish enough to be around me. And Vic is yet another example of what an incredible propellant to your life it can be. She's the first of our guests to start the conversation there. And you can hear how everything just flows for her from that firm foundation. Her morning routine is really distinct, isn't it? And actually it's a pattern I've already started copying. Reflect on yesterday, think about tomorrow, and then focus on today. Pure genius, love that. The learnings from her four most influential former bosses, Mike, Bernard, Natasha, and Duncan, were well, like a leadership masterclass in themselves. Be generous. Maintain your internal network. Do it once and do it right. And take your place at the table with confidence. That felt like a mic drop moment in itself. As ever, we heard how great executive teams are all about surrounding yourself with experts, empowering them, making brave decisions when you make a mistake, and above all else, having fun together. Even on days that perhaps aren't Sundays. Many thanks, Vicky, and of course, thanks to you for listening. If you're a new listener and this podcast has piqued your curiosity, then have a delve into the previous episodes and hear how other CEOs like Vicky manage their professional lives. If you're a regular, thanks so much. And remember, if you get the chance to share the series with others, we'd be super grateful. Meantime, best wishes in all your endeavours and look forward to welcoming you to the very next episode of Meet the CEO from Positive Momentum. Positive Momentum.